We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. And joining me once again is the APA, Andy Perry, and Alex. The, of course, wonderful Alex Strofe. You can follow him on Twitter at Alex underscore Strofe. This is why I don't do meteorology because I'm pointing the wrong way. And then <laughs> here is at Perry underscore Goldstein, my good friend, Perry Goldstein. It's probably my worst intro ever, but I'm still excited to talk to you guys. How the heck are you doing? I don't think that's the only reason you're not a meteorologist, Andy, but also <laughs> yes. I, appreciate, I appreciate the APA reference just five days away from the Royal Rumble. There you oh, go. W- you're w- very welcome. Just for you, Alex. <laughs> Perry, how are you doing? I'm good. Ready to dive into these questions as we're sitting in at halftime of the division game. Uh, Perry, you seem week. stressed. Are you stressed it's, about the Packers? I'm not stressed about the Packers. No, I this this team cannot can no longer like elicit strong emotions from me. I've been hurt too many times. Huh. I think that's fair. I think that's very fair. Like this is a this is a playoffs that we shouldn't be able to get hurt, right? Like there's no Packers in it. They we've we've had our time and now we can just put the season to rest and wait for the offseason and all the drama that's unlikely to or that is likely to unfold uh this offseason, I should say. 
Uh, so, yes, we've got a ton to discuss. As Perry mentioned, we are currently at halftime of 49ers Cowboys. We saw a semi disappointing game earlier, although a fantastic game from the Bengals and Joe Burrow uh, as the Bengals beat the Bills in Buffalo. As Perry mentioned, uh, offline, that was a very Packers esque home game, a Packers collapse in a playoff game that felt very similar and familiar, unfortunately. But we digress. We've got a lot of Packers topics to discuss and get to. So let's jump in right away. What we're going to be doing today is we're going to be going over five key offseason topics, five questions that are going to surround this offseason until they get answered. And we're going to go in a variety of different directions. You can probably guess which ones we are going to get to, uh, to say the least. But I want to start with a very specific topic, one that when we spoke last time, Alex was very passionate about in saying that Joe Barry was not going to lose his job because of the way the defense played down the line. Perry, you were concerned about Joe Barry not losing his job because of the way the Packers uh, played down the line. I was more like, I just, I don't know. I think it's going to be tough to fire him because of, uh, because they played well down the line and because they they can't really keep firing coordinators or it's going to be um, a, a dark mark on Matt LaFleur and, and his coaching ability and things like that. So I don't know. It, it's been an interesting topic of discussion. We are now well past the season ending, two weeks past the season ending, and there has been no move when they've made moves in the past, whether it was, um, you know, uh, Sean Menenga, whether it was Mo Drayton, whether it was Mike Pettin, um, when they've made moves, they have done it previous to that time period. It is, but the longest was 10 days, which was Mo Drayton. It seems like he's probably going to be back, but Alex, I know you were extra passionate about it last time. Is this the right move? Should Joe Barry still be back? And do you think he ultimately will be back? Uh, I ultimately think he will be, like I said, what was that two, three weeks ago, but I, I, I stand by what I said two or three weeks ago, which essentially was, I think he'll be back. I don't think he should be back. I think we, we've talked a plenty and, and you just listed one name, Mike Patton, right? I feel like there's been several guys that the Packers have, have given an extra year to a year too long, if you will. And I think this is just going to be another case of that. Um, I, I, I would have liked to see movement. We're not going to. It's disappointing because the defense on paper was what we were calling a top three, maybe the best defense in, in the NFL prior to this season. And up until, I don't know, week 16, it was a completely underwhelming group. And, and they had three or two or three nice games in a row leading into that season finale against Detroit. And, and that's when I said, you know what? I think he did enough to save his job. And unfortunately, that's the case. You never root for somebody to lose their job. But when it's been the same problem, despite who the coordinator is, year after year after year, Packers fans like us are going to get sick of it. And I think that's kind of where, you know, the space of which all of us are living right now. I don't think he should be back, but he is. And uh, I, I, I assume he will be in, in 2023, given, given the time period. Perry, I know this was your concern at the end of the offseason. The glasses still- have come off, Andy. <laughs> She's serious now. Um, the glasses came off because the glare is really bad, and uh, <laughs> I didn't want to mess up Andy's video. But, um, I mean, I hear you. I'm with you, Andy. I think that if uh, Joe was going to be gone, he would have been gone by now. So I feel like it's likely that he's going to be back. But everything I said the last time we talked about talked about this still stands i don't think it's the right decision you do bring up an interesting point that i hadn't thought about in terms of does a coordinator carousel kind of reflect poorly on either the head coach or the gm i'd actually never thought about that before yes because 
he's the one doing the hiring, right? So if you're constantly rotating, then there are questions about Matt LaFleur's kind of like coaching roster building, if you will, and like decision-making. But I think there's questions regard, like (laughs) this is going to be a negative mark on Matt LaFleur regardless if the Packers defense comes back and Joe Barry is the coordinator and they underperform again with this roster and like all that they're, investing into that side of the ball and like that's just as bad (laughs) i think so i feel like making the change dealing with like the political repercussions of it and then hopefully having a better defense is like the route that would look better for him um but he came out and was pretty adamant that there's not going to be any changes so i don't think we're going to see any but i'm pretty disappointed in that because while the Packers played well for about like five weeks, the inconsistencies to me are still going to be there because it's going to be quite scheme related. And I don't think, and I've been saying this all season that you can rely on turnovers to be a good defense, which we saw in the final game against the lions. So disappointed, but the Packers always wait too long. I feel like to make these decisions, this is not new. I mean, the Packers probably should have let go of Dom Capers like three seasons before they did. <laughs> and to be fair, right? Like the games that they were like, wow, the defense is actually playing pretty good. Chicago bears an offense that didn't even have Darnell Mooney at that point, Baker Mayfield's led Rams with no Cooper cup. And like basically right. like a skeleton team, they actually were terrible in the first half against the dolphins up until Tua's concussion. And then they got a bunch of kind of gift turnovers in the second half. And then you had a really nice game against Minnesota. Like I know we can call Minnesota frauds. It's fun, whatever, but like they, they kicked the snot out of Minnesota in that game. And that was a good game. And I'm not going to take that away from them, but uh, that that was like the stretch, right? And like one yeah. of those games, you can kind of be like, yeah, that was that was really good. Like you feel you know kind of really good about it. But yeah, I I struggle here because again, what we were talking about, Perry, is like if you if you keep moving on from coordinators, so let's just say like they move on from another coordinator, and I'm Vic Fangio, and I have multiple openings available, right? Am I going to be super interested in going with Matt LaFleur, who's changing out coordinators every one or two years when things go wrong? Oh, it's not the coach's fault. It's not the player's fault. It's the it's the coordinator's fault. Like there's like that's going to all if that's going to always be the scapegoat, you're going to have a hard time filling coordinator positions with qualified candidates because that's going to be the next guy that goes if something goes wrong. Right. At the same token, it's like we know there's going to be some change in the player side of things and how, you know, how like how important the players are that get changed remains to be seen but like it just feels wrong in a way to run things back on a team that massively underperformed and one of the things i mentioned is like there was a lot of investment into this defense a ton of first round picks a ton of just high picks in general a ton of free agent money a ton of re-signed player money like the every single position had just like a ton of investment into it and if you don't get your return on investment, it's a it's an indictment of one of two things, right? Either you made the wrong investments and you need to admit that, and then it's the person who made those investments that is at fault, which would be Brian Gutekunst, or it's the person who's running the defense's job that they're not getting the most out of those investments. But one of it has to be the case. You can't invest some of like the most resources I've ever seen put into a defense have for the majority of the year a bad defense and be like, eh, like, we'll just, you know, we'll do some, a couple things different next year, but not like actually. Have, so like that doesn't sit well with me. 
I don't have a great answer for it. I do expect him to be back. I think they have to, to my opinion, they have to do something. They have to, like, whether they bring in uh, assistant head, you know, assistant defensive court or, like, assistant defensive coach, yeah. something. <clears throat> like, there, just, there has to be a, a new, fresh set of ideas or something in the room. I don't think they can just run it back the exact same way. I think that would be disappointing to me if that's what they did. I want to go back to, to, to the thing you guys touched on in terms of, like, leaving a black eye, right? Like, the bad optics of firing another coordinator. You use the Vic Fangio comparison. I, I don't know if that's as true as maybe we think it is, right? Because I think you can look at a different coordinator job on this team where you can make that case, right? You, you had Meninga, then you had Drayton as your special teams coordinator, and you went out and got the most qualified guy for the job in Riz Basaccio, only a year later is, is yeah. taking head coaching interviews. So I, I don't know. There, there probably is a point to be made there. But I think doing the best thing for your football team should always what's what comes number one, right? And I think making a switch here is the best thing for your football team. Unfortunately, uh, none of the three of us are the general manager or the head coach. So I, I guess we can't do much about it. Fortunately, probably, right? Um, I just don't know how you like see the way the players reacted to Barry throughout the season and also not take that into consideration. Great like, point. When you lose the locker room and you're supposedly a player-led organization – I, I don't know how well that goes over. Are you just pushing kind of this animosity and creating a little bit of like a toxic locker room environment into next season where there doesn't need to be? Now that's me very much reading into, you know, interview locker room interviews after right. games and obviously losing makes everybody unhappy. And I think there's like part of that as well. These guys are, you know, heightened and emotional and, have high expectations for themselves, right. That they didn't meet, but I do wonder like what it's going to be like kind of come training camp. If it's just the same old story and these guys are like, I don't want to do this anymore. There's going to, there's going to be something that has to give if he's back and everything's just the same general, you know, most of the players are going to be back, right. This is going to be a team that's led by Jair and Campbell and Clark and Gary. And like, like it's going to be a very similar group of players. So like they're, they better get buy-in because if not, that is an unmitigated disaster just waiting to happen. And that's not something that green Bay can go into in 2023. If they do bring back Barry, which again, it certainly seems like they're going to, uh, they have to make sure that everyone in that locker room and that organization is on the same page with what they want to do defensively. And, um, you know, to, to Joe Barry's defense slightly, they did make adjustments through the course of the year that had some success, which was not the case with the offense. The defense was the main reason they did go on that winning streak and have a chance at the playoffs at the end of the year. Maybe there were some signs at the end of the year where the personnel and the coaching staff and the scheme were a little bit more in lockstep. And hopefully that's something that can carry over into 2023. But I think, uh, to sum all of us up, I think we're slightly skeptical that that's ultimately <laughs> going to be the case. Let's move, oh, yeah, let's let's move to something that's obviously going to be much easier to discuss and have no issues whatsoever with how we respond to it. What should the Packers do with Aaron Rodgers? Because that seems like a probably important decision as well. That definitely carries some weight. So, Perry, I will give you the honors of starting this one. Should the Packers bring back Aaron Rodgers? Yes or no? I feel like there's enough information and content here to write like a PhD dissertation on this subject. <laughs> um, we could have just done one burning question in hindsight. Yeah, literally, this is the this is the burning question. Like, let's be yeah. real about this offseason. Everything 
happens after this decision gets made. Um, this is what everything is centered around. And I'm clearly stalling on my answer. Um, <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to actually answer the question, but I am going to say that I think the Packers are in probably like their worst case scenario situation this off season, which is unfortunate given what kind of moves they could have made. And I do understand why they're in this position. I don't think that this was necessarily the, oh, they did everything wrong and that's why they're here. They made some decisions that felt right at the time and didn't work out, right? Last off season was probably the off season to trade Aaron Rodgers if you wanted peak, you know, capital back for him, right? But at the same time, how dumb would you look to trade away the two-time MVP if you think that you can run it back again another season? Like they made it to the NFC Championship game, then they make it to the divisional round, both one seeds. They thought they could do it again, so they paid him. And I don't think I or most fans really disagreed with that decision because Aaron Rodgers was playing at a high level. So if you can get another couple of years out of that, then fantastic. Fantastic. Um, but then we come back this season and he's not MVP Aaron Rodgers. And I think the point that I stick on, and if you listen to Pax, what she said, you've heard me say this now for a couple of weeks is I don't think that Rodgers is bought into Matt LaFleur anymore, which is like a little bit of the problem. I think <laughs> the more he leans into this scheme, it's very like quarterback friendly scheme, which we're literally watching Kyle Shanahan bring a third a third string quarterback to the divisional round because he's just like playing in scheme um i think that we get different results so i think there's like i don't know if it's a drop off in play but there's clearly like some rift there so if aaron Rodgers wants to keep playing and he doesn't want to buy into what the packers are doing as an organization what matt lafleur wants to do and the way they're going to move forward we're going to talk about whether they're going to reboot rebuild or go all in I think also that plays into it. So he seems to think he can still play at a high level. Obviously there's skepticism after watching him this past season, but trading him now, you're not going to get the same amount back. And this is a whole nother year of just your first round pick in 2020 sitting on the bench and also having to decide what to do with him. And then there's the cap ramifications. There's just like a lot of decisions that they're going to have to make that, they just kind of pushed this pain into the future. And I think we all saw it happening last season when they brought him back on this contract. We were like, well, this yep. is going to make things in two years, maybe really, really awful, but it's here a year early because the Packers just completely underperformed like in all areas and missed the playoffs. Alex, and that's my answer. Yeah, that's uh, that's really well said uh, by Perry. Uh, there's there's a million different answers here, right? If if I it, the way I'm viewing this is if I'm the Green Bay Packers, right? If I'm the the all beings in that building at 1265 Lombardi Avenue, what do I want? I think you want Rodgers back still, and I think uh, several points that Perry made play into that, right? I, I, you have to you have to decide what the hell it is you're doing in 2023. If that's going to be a completely rebuilding there, then yeah. Either go get a stopgap guy or, or let Jordan Love play, obviously, primarily would be the concern, and, and you trade away Rodgers. But I don't think that's what they're going to do. Uh, but I also don't think I can sit here confidently and say they're going to go all in, right? Free agents, you know, draft trade draft capital to, to be successful in 23. I don't think that's the case. But I think Aaron Rodgers still gives you a better chance to win. I, I know there are some obvious comparisons between – 
the the far Rogers transition and now the Rogers love transition. Um, when that transition happened between Favre and Rogers, I think for years there was you know there was whispers and there was signs that okay maybe maybe Rogers is that guy and maybe it's time to to prove he is that guy. And I, I haven't heard that with Love, right? I, I, we've we've seen him make some plays. I think when he came in for relief of Rogers Sunday night against Philadelphia earlier this year, we saw some really good flashes. But I, I don't know if that's enough to say, hey, we think we can go do what San Francisco is doing with Brock Purdy with Jordan Love. I, I just don't um, right now. So I think Aaron Rodgers said a year ago he wants to retire a Packer. I think you live up to that in the discussions you had a year ago. But also Aaron Rodgers changes his mind on everything, it seems, every other week. So I don't know. It's it's confusing. But as a Packers fan, uh, I want Rodgers back. I mean, even if it's one more year. And I know Perry and Andy, he didn't play his – he didn't play good football. He wasn't good in, in 2022. And I think, Andy, uh, you, you wrote your your annual brilliant piece on the grades, right, and, and who uh, who took a huge backslide. And Aaron Rodgers was your your biggest drop from 21 to 22. Not surprisingly, but – that's uh, I, I still think you keep them. I, I don't know. I, I, I can't move on. I understand I'm, that. And I think that's why this is such a difficult conversation, right? Because like, I think in akin to a very political conversation, it feels like, well, if I think Green Bay should go in a different direction, it means that I hate Aaron and that I think that, you know, that he's terrible and like he's washed. I don't believe that. I think he's a really good quarterback. And I think in the right, I, I actually fully agree with him. I think in the right situation, I think he could be MVP again, like legitimately. I very much believe that to be the case. Now, I would have liked to have seen him play one game as an MVP in 20, you know, 22 for this team. Uh, I would have loved to have seen that. I didn't see that. Not all on Aaron, as I've said all along. Where I come out on it, and I've I've done a whole episode on this, so I'm not going to go too in, in depth here, but I don't I don't foresee personally a Packers Super Bowl this upcoming year or the following year with, with anyone at quarterback, quite frankly, but with Aaron at quarterback, specifically with the salary cap demands that he would all not demands, but like what, how taxed the salary cap would be with his contract over the next couple of years. I, I don't see that as being the best Avenue for green Bay. And as Aaron kind of succinctly and perfectly said on the Pat McAfee show, if you're not going to win a Super Bowl and you're entering your age 40 season, What's the point? And like, there is value in the Aaron Rodgers retiring as, as a Green Bay Packer and playing his entire career in Green Bay. I get that. For some people, that might be what really matters. They just want to see him end his career in Green Bay. I, I can understand that. There's a different levels of fandom and people are in different spots. So if that's how people feel, I understand it. If they think that, and I could understand this as well, if they think that over the next decade, with if you had to give me one more year of Aaron Rodgers or like nine years after that of like, I don't know what I'm going to get, you make a strong argument that my best bet to win a Super Bowl in the next decade might be this next year with Aaron Rodgers. Totally get that too. I just ultimately don't see it. And for that reason, I think you're better off trying to start the next Super Bowl window rather than taking on an exorbitant cap hit in 2024 and just prolonging this period out, yeah. not seeing what Jordan Love is. That's just the route that I would personally take. I see all sides of it. There's no perfect answer. And I think it is a very difficult question to answer and, and know what they should do. And I think that's go- going to be what's the very interesting thing is this offseason is you bring Rodgers back. There are positives to that. There are negatives to that. If you go to Jordan Love or any other quarterback, there are positives to that. There are negatives to that. And it's just what, what the outcome of that is a 
franchise altering decision either way. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I agree that there's no right answer like this. Their decision last offseason made it so that this like that we're at this juncture where there's like kind of a lose lose either way. Um, I personally think that they propped open the window like one extra year too long. And I'm with Andy that like if you're looking at as a franchise, as a Packers fan, your ultimate goal is to win another Super Bowl, and I just simply don't see that happening. I'm not saying that I see that with Jordan Love. I'm not saying I see that, like Andy said, but I don't. This this team that we just saw, if they run it back, like it seems like that's what they want to do. Aaron Rodgers comes back. Matt LaFleur is keeping all the same coordinators. They make all the moves to keep whoever Rodgers wants on this team. We're going to get another 9-8, and 8-9 season and it's going to be mediocre and it's just going to like push off like finally rebuilding to hopefully go win another Super Bowl and I get the like the pain of not wanting to move on from a generational like one of the best potentially you we've ever seen quarterback to play I get that um but at some point you know Ted Thompson had to make a decision to move on from Favre you know and you just had to do it and made people mad and it ended up being the right decision if it wasn't the right decision, would we be talking about this differently? Probably, but you you have to make the decision eventually. But I also think Rodgers isn't making it easier uh, by any means. That that decision last year, and, and just to wrap this one up with your your point earlier, Perry is like the decision they made last year was totally understandable. Like you can you get to these ultimate like situations because you're it's a really hard like rock in a hard place spot that you're put in to make these decisions. He's coming off of back to back MVP years. You're like how do you how do you move on from that guy that's playing at an absurd level and ha- gives you a, an opportunity to win a Super Bowl when he's playing at that level. So they made the decision at the time that they thought was best. It didn't work out last year and now they're in a more difficult situation this year ultimately because of it. 
Let's go on to the one that is very much tied to the last conversation that we had, and that's Jordan Love. And we can view this in a variety of different ways, and I'll let you guys go in whatever direction that you want. But should they keep him on the team? If Aaron is the starter, do they have to trade him? Should they trade him? Or you could say he should be the starter. You, like The other question is, should they pick up his fifth-year option? I'll start on this one. Obviously, if I'm saying they should trade Aaron, to me that means Jordan should be the starter this year. I think this is the trickiest answer to any offseason question because we just don't know how Green Bay feels about Jordan Love. We don't know if they legitimately think he can be a top 15 starter, top 20 starter, like a starter, just a guy starter, or like they think he's probably more of like a, a top tier backup. Like we don't know how they feel about him. And we have nobody's had an opportunity to see him in legitimate regular season games. And if you don't get that, even as the the decision makers, I know they saw him in practice all the time, but if you don't get legitimate regular season snaps, it's so hard to make that decision. And, you know, specifically when it comes to picking up the fifth year option. So if I'm green Bay and I even have an inkling that I think he can be a solid starter, I am going in the direction of we're going to go with Jordan as the quarterback and I'm going to pick up his fifth year option. I don't really expect to compete in the next couple of years anyway. So I'm going to get a firm evaluation of Jordan. And then if we're bad this year, you have probably a top pick next year. You're still paying Jordan next year, but like you can, it, it's a one-year salary. You can figure it out, and you're probably picking high in the draft to start building with a new quarterback. So that's probably the way that I'm leaning. Uh, but Alex, I'll let you go next. What do you think? Uh, it's, I mean, let's live in my realm of the last answer, right? So I think Rodgers is back. You can't pick it up, I don't think. But then what the hell's coming in 2024? Is that a rookie quarterback? Is that you're trying to negotiate with him in free agency? Because if he is the backup again in 23, and he, let's just say he doesn't play, right? Rodgers wins nine games. They miss the playoffs, similarly to how they did this year, except that I'm just going to give him one more win. Um, <laughs> he doesn't command a ton of money then in the open market, I don't think. So you could probably get him lower than – and Andy Perry, I don't know if the number is out yet of what that uh, what that option would be. I know it's somewhere probably around the $20 million mark, right? Twenties, I know. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, you, you maybe try to go sign him for 13 or even 10, right, uh, on the open market, and maybe he comes back as the starter in 24 if next year is Rodgers last year. But if, if he's the backup, the answer is no. Um, but to your point, Andy, maybe they still think, hey, we've got this hidden gem and we just got to wait one more year until we unleash him. I just have a really hard time believing if Rodgers is back, they pick up that option. But I also have no idea what Brian Gutekunst has done with the quarterback position for the last four years. So maybe maybe I'm full of it. I, I don't know. I, I don't have a good answer here. 19.56 million, by the way. Is no, well. Not as bad as I thought. Yeah. Still bad, though. I... Yeah, this is a tough one because it's really the answer is internal at the moment and we're never going to know. But I do think it's interesting that Goot and this could be total politics because I think half of being a general manager is literally being a politician. But, you know, he's up there backing Jordan. Right. So he him saying we already know what we're doing with him to me says they're picking up the fifth year option him saying we feel really good about him coming in and winning us football games. If Aaron had to go down, like I believe him, you know, he did not have to say that he could have said, you know, more vague, weird answers. Um, I think it's been pretty steady between him and Matt LaFleur talking positively. I think there's a lot of value in having a backup to Jordan's caliber. If that's like, 
let's say they just think that's his ceiling and they're going to have Rodgers through the end of this contract, then they keep Jordan and he's just like a really valuable backup who knows the system really well at this point, right? I, I don't think that they do anything with him because either he's just Aaron Rodgers' backup and they've already invested all this time into him or he's going to start for them because he's, you know, the next, they think he's the next guy. Um, if they thought that he had trade value at this point, I think he would be gone. Um, I don't know that he really has any trade value. I know that there's been rumors like, oh, he's going to force a trade. I, I don't know what, like, leverage Jordan Love has to force a trade. So he either starts or he's in. Um, but I think they've already kind of confirmed they're going to pick up his fifth-year option, which is... I think the right decision, like you've spent all this time developing this guy. If he, you might as well try to get at least one season on his rookie deal um, before you do make a decision with him. Um, I just think they gave him a raw deal in this, you know, they took him in the first round. He, I was a huge fan of his coming out of the draft. I thought he had like the most insane talent, obviously needed some development. He landed in the perfect situation to sit behind Rodgers and take the time to develop. And I really liked what I saw in like the limited time that we've had with him on the field. Mm. So to not get him on his rookie deal and to build around that feels like a wasted opportunity. I'm not saying the Packers have like made the wrong decision. I'm just saying objectively, like you have a rookie quarterback so that you have this low number that you're paying him, right? 19.5 million compared to Rogers is 50 million a year. Like think about all you can do to invest, to build around a rookie. Like, look at what the Chiefs were able to do with Mahomes on his rookie deal. They won a Super Bowl, right? You can invest in all of these weapons. That's the point. So you're losing all these kind of like key valuable years now. If you do think Jordan is your next guy to build around him. Now, I agree with you, Alex. I think that if they bring him back after the fifth year option, it's going to be a cheaper deal, right? Because he hasn't really played. So they have that on their side. But like I said, I think the Packers have just found themselves in this like really worst case scenario. Situation. Yeah, it's a lose-lose. It's a lose-lose for sure. I, I'm just curious real quick. I don't want to derail us too much. But Perry, you mentioned it. Now my mind's just wandering. What kind of return could you get for Jordan Love? Let's say he's traded this offseason. I mean, it's it's low, right? It's a Is it a fifth-round pick, sixth-round pick we're talking I, think probably- I mean, I think third round pick okay. I, somewhere I around there. Round. Yeah, yeah. It, it's really a it's a late day two, uh, in my opinion, because um, you're you're trading for the up his potential upside. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and you're, still I, you're super cheap this year to evaluate him. So right. like, if you're a team like the Colts and like the draft doesn't look great to you or something, and you still need a lottery ticket. You spend a late third on a Jordan Love. You give him an opportunity to play for a year. If the lottery ticket doesn't pay it off, really no harm, no foul. And you just kind of move on in the next direction. So God. I do think there's a, I think there's probably third round value somewhere on their late third. Um, but here, the, the, the very thing that I wrote the, the night that he was drafted, which was published the next morning, was there is no, there was no good scenario for the Jordan Love outcome. Like, the, the I remember this article. Because Every, you know, if, if, if it's like, if, if Aaron Rodgers remains the quarterback, Jordan Love being on the team and spending resources on him 
and like is is hurting the Aaron Rodgers window. And for every year that Aaron Rodgers is on the team with Jordan Love and you're not getting the opportunity to play Jordan Love with the cheap contract, like I mentioned, you're hurting the Jordan Love window. Like you're actually like literally hurting both Rodgers and Love by making that draft day decision of going with Jordan Love. So it was always like they had, they tried to have their cake and eat it, eat it too. They tried to win that Super Bowl in 2020, 2021, get one of those wins in the Super Bowl there, have Rodgers ride off into the sunset or then make your transition to love, hope that he's the next in the line of far Rodgers love. And like, they just tried to get both. And in the end, they probably get nothing. They probably don't get the Super Bowl with Rodgers in the, in, in the process, not giving them what a first and a fourth round pick that they use in, in that draft that could have potentially improved that team. But T Higgins is out there and Michael Pittman's out there. We know the names. And then, um, so you're hurting Rodgers window. And in the meantime, you're now keeping Rodgers and signing him to contract after contract, which is hurting your opportunity to a, of a potential Jordan love window. So there's never yeah. a great outcome. And it just was kind of screwed from the start, unfortunately, but Got a couple more. We'll try to do these in a little bit more, uh, you know, quick version, I guess. But um, (laughs) number four, you have your choice for the Packers. You can reboot, you can rebuild, or you can go all in. So just to clarify, these reboot would be like kind of do the normal Packer thing, meaning Rodgers is back. You, you, You build through the draft again. You've got your 15th overall pick. You take a couple flyers on some free low end free agency. Hope you get another Devondre. Hope you get another Rick Wagner. Hope you get another Rizul Douglas, et cetera, that can help your team. And you are, you know, you're going to lose some guys that are on your team right now, but you're just rebooting the team. Couple new faces, couple faces that are gone. Top 15 pick in the draft and you reboot rebuild is rip the bandaid. It's Jordan love time. We're nuking the veterans. We are going in a complete rebuild or all in is we are borrowing every ounce that we can from the future. Maybe even trading some future draft picks. Like we are doing everything we can to win in 2023. So Perry, I'll start with you this time. Reboot rebuild are all in. There's what I would like to see them do, and then there's what I think that they're going to do. But I think that this is going to be a reboot. Um, It has to be, right? I I don't think they have the option to go all in. They don't have any cap space. So that option to me is like completely off the table. Um, They can't do like a Rams situation unless they want to trade away all their draft capital, which the Packers would simply never do. Um, So I think what this is going to be is going to be a reboot situation, and it's going to be, like I said, a bit of like a prolonging the pain. I think they're going to lose some guys, unfortunately. And maybe they will, like you said, Andy, bring in some new talent. They always seem to find it some way, somehow, whether it's the draft or like street guys like Keyshawn Nixon. Um, but it's not going to be what I think they need to do, which is a, a rebuild. Right. I think my feelings about this are are clear, but they're going to do a very Packers thing and do kind of a reboot, get some new juice in there. But for the most part, I think it's going to be the main players all back. Alex? That's well said. Look, uh, they're probably two years too late to go all in. Um, just looking as, as Perry was bringing that up, I, I went on Spotrack. The estimated cap space, uh, minus 21 million, negative 21 million for the Packers in 2023. So can't really go all in in terms of free agency. Um, when it comes to rebuilding, that's probably what they should do, but I don't think they will. So I'm, I'm with Perry on this. I think it'll be a reboot. One thing we can give Brian Gutekunst a, a terrific compliment on is his success when it comes to 
low-risk, high-reward signings, right? I think Perry rattled off five of them over the course of the last two years. They found talent. Um, but is that enough to win a Super Bowl after an 8-9 and nine season? No. I mean, you, you hope Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs develop into studs, right? They, they become these just – and Christian Watson certainly looked the part a few weeks this season. But if, if both of those guys develop and make these huge jump in year two, I still don't think that's enough. So – I, I don't know. Uh, I, I think they will reboot. I, I wish they would go all in, but I, I was probably saying that in January of 2021 as well. So I, I'll, I'll go reboot here, Andy. Yeah, I'm firmly on team rebuild, but I fully believe that this will be a reboot. Even if Jordan Love is back, I believe that this will mostly be, or sorry, if Jordan Love is the quarterback and Aaron yeah. Rodgers isn't back, I still believe this is mostly going to be a reboot where they I keep agree. the majority of their guys and they just give Jordan the, the the players that are on this team. Green Bay likes keeping its own players. They like building through the draft. They like finding cheap and expensive flyer free agents that they can get and hopefully develop into better players moving forward. I think that's going to stay the same, whether it's Jordan or whether it's Aaron. I think the quarterback question is the main one. I think they're going to restructure a ton of deals to get under the cap. And I think we're going to see primarily a very similar team to what we saw in 2022, uh, just with maybe a different quarterback or very, maybe very much the same quarterback. We're just going to have to kind of wait and see last, but not least, there's a little bit of a viral uh, Packers moment this week uh, where Cheesehead TV posted an article saying three reasons the Packers should cut ties with Aaron Jones, which uh, Aaron Jones retweeted and said this. I think this one hurts something to that extent. Um, so let's just uh, quickly discuss it. Should Aaron Jones be back in 2023? I will all kick this one off. I believe Aaron Jones should be back in 2023, regardless of the scenarios. If you are saying like a full rip the bandaid scenario, you could, I could, I could hear you out saying there's an argument to be made of not of, of going in a different direction with Aaron because paying a running back a lot of money when you're completely rebuilding the team and tearing it down is not the smartest thing to do. I totally understand it. This is a guy you want in your locker room. This is a guy that you want on your team. And even in the scenario where you go full rip the bandaid completely nuclear, the even more reason why I want Aaron Jones in that locker room to try to keep things together as much as possible, because that is going to be a really difficult transition for a team that is focused on winning for so incredibly long. So if it is a full rebuild, complete rip the bandaid, even in that scenario, I want Aaron back. If you are rebooting, I want Aaron back. If it is all in, I want Aaron back. So that's just a guy I want in my, on my team, on my franchise. I know the optics of paying Older running backs, big amounts of money. I get all of it, but I, I just want that guy in my locker room. I could actually not agree more. Just yes, 10 out of 10, no notes. Aaron Jones is your best weapon. Yep. Like, say we want about Christian Watson and what he's going to develop into. Aaron Jones is your best weapon on offense. So you need him back, regardless of, like Andy said, all in, rebuild, reboot, whatever. Like, you, you need that guy on your team. And uh, I'm about to say something that might be a hot take. Um, I'm worried about this locker room moving forward. I think losing brings out some really like negative sides of people. That's just like how it is. And I don't know how much this locker room is gelled, is unified at the moment. And I think some decisions this offseason could make that worse or better. I'm not sure yet. And like Andy said, I think, you get it. You need a guy like Aaron Jones in that room. You just do. He's like, he's full of positivity and he's the easiest guy to root for. And I, I don't care about the fumbles. So don't come at me in the comments on YouTube about fumbles. I simply do not care. Like he is just 
positivity and an incredible football player. And this team needs a guy like that right now. YouTube commenters under, be under, warned. under three fumbles next year for Aaron Jones. I'm going to say under three fumbles for Aaron, whether lost, whatever, but he will not fumble more than two times next year. That's yeah. why not stamp it in. I, I don't have a hot take to follow up Andy's uh, Andy's good take there. Perry, I don't know if your take was hot room temperature or cold. I think it's a very good take regardless of the, uh, the temperature of it. I, I think you're right. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see, right? Like we've seen some of the optimistic stats on Twitter, of teams that you know go on a nice win streak at the end of one season and miss the playoffs usually come back and make the playoffs uh, at like the Packers did winning four of their last five so we'll see I, I think he I, I get, exactly right it's not about the X's and the O's always it's about the Jimmy's and the Joe's and Aaron Jones is sure, certainly a Jimmy and a Joe right he's your best playmaker uh, I don't know if I nailed that analogy or not but I did well, in this case Jimmy's and the Jones. Yes, correct. Even better. Wow, I missed an easy joke there. Really did. Glad really we have the dad in, in the room to. Right, right, <laughs> glad we have the dad in the room to figure it out. Uh, everything you guys said is correct. Aaron Jones should be back at twenty three. That's all I got. The last thing I'll say about that too is if you want to do the whole like, let's look at the stats. When Aaron Jones gets fifteen or more touches, the Packers win. When Aaron Jones doesn't get the ball, the Packers lose. So there you Pretty go. Much. So- <laughs> If they if they let go of them, they will never win a game ever again. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> um, Brian Gudekinst, uh, my PayPal is at Andy Herman one two three because we just answered all of your off season questions for you, so you are more than welcome. Uh, we'll Negative twenty one million dollars, Andy. I promise you, I'll share the all the proceeds with Perry and Alex. I absolutely promise. Um, but uh, I think we we clearly solved all of the Packers' problems today. So, Brian Gutekinds, you're welcome. Alex, where can we follow you on Twitter, and where can we find all your great work? Well, I appreciate uh, the word great in there. You can find me on Twitter at Alex underscore Strofe, where probably bad football takes most of the time on there. Uh, and then, yeah, at ESPN Madison is where you can find all, all of our work uh, at, at ESPN Madison across pretty much every social platform except Instagram. We're suspended still on Instagram. So there, there you go. I don't know what happened there. I didn't, I didn't like make it my personal OnlyFans page. Anyway, that's a story for another day. Perry. <laughs> Uh, I, I talked myself into a hole here. I'm going to oh, gloss yeah. over that. Big Alex coming uh, this hole, please, Perry. <laughs> okay. You can follow me on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. I think the algorithm hates me right now. I don't even know if my tweets are showing up anymore, but you can oh. throw that a follow. More importantly, you can follow my other podcast, Pax, which he said at PWSS podcast on Twitter. Uh, that's I'm co-host with Maggie Loney, who is fantastic. And we are now going down to one episode a week because it's off season and there just really isn't that much to talk about unless you're Andy Herman and you come up with these amazing topics, but you can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. I actually have like a notebook full of topics for like this whole week coming up. It doesn't surprise me at all. (laughs) About all the topics that we're going to be discussing this week. So it's a great segue. If you're not subscribed already, please make sure to subscribe. I will be right back here tomorrow with an all new episode. Ross, Jake, and Jacob will be here on the audio version of the podcast tomorrow. If you're listening, wherever you find your favorite audio podcast, that is going to do it for Alex, Perry, and I. We will see you next time. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Go Pack.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.